0: Revenue Rhino. I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Tyler Helco from Solutions Twenty One. Tyler, it's really great to have you on.
1: Thanks for having me on, Brad.
0: Yeah, this is great. So. Tell me, Tyler, a bit about yourself and about your company.
1: We'll start with my company. We're um, based out of Pittsburgh, home office, started in 1994 by our founder, Buddy Hobart. And when he started, left the corporate world and started a consulting company, a little boutique around sales training and management training and process improvement. And grew the business, went through a couple dips with 08 and really focused in the last call it 10 years around leadership development. If you were to generalize what we do, where we do people development for organizations that focuses around like executive coaching, management training, leadership development for organizations all around the the world, actually Uh, have offices in Nashville, Phoenix, and Kansas City. And I've been with Buddy for almost nine years. So I'm a seasoned vet with him, and we've done some really cool things around creating products that we sell that helps uh, organizations develop their people.
0: Nice. That's really cool. So tell me a bit about yourself and your background. I know even you got, um, it looks like some sports pictures behind you there. Yeah. I'd love, uh, love to hear the, the tie-in there with kind of what you're doing.
1: So I grew up in Pittsburgh. I went to the University of Pittsburgh, and I played, played a couple years in the NFL. I played two years with the Saints year with the Cardinals and the Steelers, and then two with the Chiefs. That's the Super Bowl that they just won last year. Two pictures of that back there. From from my personal standpoint, when I left football, I could have taken two paths, one to get into coaching right away. I grew up the son of a football coach and knew that path. And then I was always really interested just in business in general. Now, I say that of meeting business guys on the golf course when I was playing, but it always intrigued me around their competitive advantage. When you're in sports, you have you you recruit good players you develop good players you you get them through free agency but the whole concept was developing a good team and my conversations with some of these folks i just thought that i had maybe it was me just being naive but i thought that there was an opportunity to develop young up and coming folks for leadership roles in in business and that kind of morphed into how i met buddy in in about nine years ago, figuring out what I wanted to do you know, after football and a couple bottles of wine later. And we figured out this, there might be some synergies there. And just like many good stories, they start with a good meal and end with a good glass of wine. So that's the genesis of our relationship. We have a great team now. And like I said, we're in four different cities and with offices and we're, we're, we're grinding away.
0: Nice. That's so, so awesome. It's, it's really cool to have that background and it's so applicable to leadership.
1: Yeah, it is. It's one of those things that, you know, I think Twitter topics, right, trending topics that people like to talk about. Never a shortage of leadership books. Never a shortage of any of those things. But I think really the, the concept around what differentiates us from the leadership development side is work where the rubber meets the road. Our philosophy is that reading's important and learning's important. You don't just buy a gym membership. And just hope that you lose 20 pounds, right? It's most of yeah. us don't know all the dynamics of diet and exercise and sleep, and, and they're specialists for that. And, and that's really where, where we fall into the category, at least in our differential. We're, we're where the rubber meets the road. It's a process. It's, there's no, you never just arrive there from a certificate or reading a book. Those things are important. The whole developmental process is ongoing. and it takes time and commitment and no no different than any other thing that you want to get good at. There's a level of work that's involved.
0: Oh, totally. Yeah, that's awesome. What has this past year been like for you guys in this space? And what have you seen with maybe some of your clients in terms of pivots that you've made and challenges you've faced?
1: Yeah, obviously, don't think anyone's ever been through a global pandemic, at least that I've known. Yeah. So there was a, a ton of things that have happened throughout this year that were... You hear the word "unprecedented." I think it fits the mold. This is not like the 2008 crash. I mean, that it was you know something that was totally unlike you know anything that we've ever experienced. And from our side, you had this kind of unknown on how do we pivot and what do we use. There was no like playbook to go back and and, and reference. And I think the the biggest part of this that that we've seen and we've learned was your ability to number one be tough. Through this thing, it wasn't easy for anybody. Your ability to pivot, think strategic, think outside the box, communicate effectively—there were so many different variables that that affected business. Can't see them in person. Can't get on an airplane. Can't go have a drink. There was just all these different things, and then industries were affected. The airline industry and everybody that—they're not making airplanes anymore, at least as many. So there's so many different businesses that are affected in that. And how do you? How do you adjust to those things? How do you diversify more after the fact that you are you weren't diversified? There's just so many different factors that that we saw throughout the year and had to pivot ourselves we We couldn't get on airplanes we couldn't we couldn't change the fact that people weren't buying manufacturing parts for some of our clients. you just you can't affect change there. so I think from that standpoint it was challenging because you couldn't directly you know impact the things that we could control and, and it f- helped us focus on things that we could control strategic thinking and communication. And how do you have empathy throughout this whole thing and, and realize that, Hey, we're going to hold on for dear life, but what's it going to feel like when we come out of this? Cause we will, when we are starting to, it was definitely challenging, but just like anything, I think crisis and, and bad times reveal character and reveal good leadership and bad leadership. And sometimes you got to go go through some rough times and you to have to look at yourself in the mirror and, and say, maybe we need to adapt and to change.
0: Totally. So let's dive into your background of, of sports for a minute. And I'd love to learn a bit more about what you've learned from, from that world of sports and things that you're applying to leadership today. And, you know, even relating that to sales and marketing and building relationships with your
1: customers. I think the first thing, you know, that that you learn as an athlete, especially at the at a high level of college and high level professional is that it's a complete meritocracy. There's you can be a really good college football player and get drafted high, but if you don't perform, then you're fired. So your mindset as an athlete is you're constantly trying to hone your craft and get better because in my case, being a backup quarterback, they're trying to get you out of there and find the next good backup quarterback on a weekly basis. So you have to learn how to deal with those things that you can't control and be mentally tough through all of those times and still be a good teammate, right? And not seclude yourself. And it's real easy to do those types of things. So it's, you know, I think first and foremost, that mental toughness aspect of, kind of understanding what you can control and not letting things that you can't control bother you or affect how you work. And then from a leadership standpoint, I think that never in my life have I ever heard anybody on in a boardroom or in a locker room say, we have too many good leaders. There's not just one. You don't have to be a leader just because you're a quarterback. There's guys that are leaders in the wide receiver room, just like there's leaders that are in the ops department that may not have a title of executive vice president or chief operating officer or anything like that leadership is a skill that, that that is needed in all facets of organizations and the best teams that I've been around both athletically and active in business have had different layers of them and they've always constantly tried to develop those skills because you're either like the army up or out you're either getting better or you're getting worse I think the same holds true in business and in those organizations that get it, that understand that it's not just, hey, we had a good month or, hey, we had a good five years. They're always constantly trying to get better. And that's just one component, right? There's all different components of business. How do you become more profitable? How do you become, develop more products? Like what's your R&D look like? There's all these different things. So leadership's just one component of it. But I think it's really the gas that that
0: makes the car go. All So what are ways in which you build relationships with your target market?
1: Mm, It's a good question. I I think the correct answer from what we do business-wise is understanding how to communicate. I think a lot of times, especially sales guys, get the the rap of just trying to develop a relationship to sell a product to somebody. And I think the, the number one... Skill in in sales or business development of developing relationships is listening. I know that it's cliche, but a lot of people have a hard time listening, and then they have a lot of they have a hard time processing what that person's saying and how they're saying it, and then responding in an appropriate manner. So, if you're really detailed, and I'm not really detailed, and I ask you a question, and I don't pay attention to your answer. And I say, what's going to be about 500 bucks? You don't want to hear about 500 bucks. You want to know that it's $479.62. And relationships are built better that way when you can listen and then ask the appropriate questions because most people generally communicate to others the way they like to be communicated to, which is why my wife and I have a hard time communicating sometimes. She's very detailed and I'm like, just give me the cliff notes and I'll figure it out. But when we have effective conversations, it's when I'm focused and I understand she was at home with the kids all day and I ask her, hey, how was the morning with the kids? Short time period, she can get those out and I don't just say, hey, how was your day? And then two hours later, it's done. So that's a goofy way of saying it, but I think that in a long-winded way of saying it, but listening and then adapting your communication style to the person that you're communicating to.
0: Love it. So what, what's coming up in the year ahead for you guys? Golly, I don't
1: know. I think that anyone thinks that they know, especially in this in this world we're living in right now, I don't know if anyone can totally predict what's going to happen, but we've done a lot of pivoting and, and adapting to the environment that we're in today. I think that, that we're full speed ahead on our sales focus and pipeline being full and all of those types of things. We're just trying to help organizations develop their people to perform at a high level in a really fast-paced, unpredictable environment. So developing them to be dynamic leaders and, and managers in organizations so they can effectively run their team. We're still full speed ahead on what we do from an organization standpoint and in a pretty good spot to go attack 2021. And... See what happens at the end of the
0: year. Nice. So, what key advice should other sales and marketing leaders that are listening take away from you? Well, I
1: don't. I don't know if I don't. I don't know if I have anything important to say, or I said anything important. But no, I just think that we're in an environment now where the way we've. I think the way we've always done things in the past has has given us some direction uh, on what might work in the future. I just, I don't know if that is relevant to what we're going to be facing for the next 15 or 20 years. So, you know, just little things like being having a high emotional intelligence with sending emails out. No one can see each other anymore or very limited. And the quick answer would be, we'll just send a bunch of emails and not realizing that's what everybody else is doing too. So just the high... Having a high emotional intelligence of what's going on and how this affects other people and, and focusing on, again, cliche, but really what your client needs and understanding that they might not know what they need, but being able to ask um, and prepare your, yourself to adapt to their response and have, have the ability to ask effective questions. It's, I don't think it's really an exact science, but I think it's pretty simple when you sell something that you it has to be about that client you know that or prospect or whatever that is i think that's the way that at least that we're approaching it from our side from solutions 21
0: hey thanks tyler for joining it was really great to have you on and i appreciate you sharing all your wisdom and advice here oh
1: i i don't know if it's if it's wise but it, they were words i appreciate you having me on it was awesome great host and hopefully we'll talk soon in the future
0: oh I